At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the sports betting network. It's our number three of the Greg Peterson experience on VSIN, the sports betting network. And we've got a tremendous hour for you as you heard him towards the back half of our number two. And we're going to have him back in on our number three, Kobe Dant, who does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He's going to be joining me to break down this really good Friday card of college basketball. Typically, we only get like 15 to 20 games. Well, we've got north of 30 of them. Some of these games, they've got lines that we're going to be finding a little bit later on in the AM just because a lot of these matchups, they just got set with a lot of these conference tournaments. Teams had to survive in advance to be able to get to Friday, but it is an exciting time to be taking a look at college basketball. So, going to be talking about all these games and so much more with Kobe Dant here in about 15 minutes. But first things first, let's take a look at these games for Friday. And let's take a look at a game out there in the Mountain West I think is very intriguing. This is 867-868 on the betting board. New Mexico is going to be playing us to Colorado State. Colorado State opened up a one-point underdog. Now we've seen this line move to anywhere between one and a half and two with Colorado State being an underdog. And your total, that is between one fifty-two and a half and one fifty-three and a half. Most places have moved this total downward a little bit more. So nice little bit of an edge here on the over for me. I said my total of one fifty-four. Last time these two teams played, it was an eighty-eight to sixty-nine game. Now, New Mexico went into flamethrower mode from three-point range. He shot right around fifty percent from distance. But you've also got a New Mexico team that's now playing a little bit worse with regards to their defense. At the time, they were a top fifty-five defense. Turns points a lot on a per possession basis. That has diminished to right around 125th. And 
for Colorado State, they have seen no sort of a home court advantage whatsoever. It's a Colorado State team that is 280th in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis, and they're giving up a tenth of a point less per one hour possessions at home rather than in a roadside shoot record environment. If you take a look at Colorado State at home, they're a bottom 45 defense in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis when they're on their home floor. So that's not too terrific. And there's a reason why Colorado State has been struggling with their defense. And it all has to do with rebounding. They don't have a single guy that gives you north of 4.8 rebounds per game. The man that does give you those 4.8 rebounds per game, that'd be John, John Toon Jay, who's been able to do a nice job contributing about 14 points, 4.8 rebounds, shoots 37.8% from three. And it's a Colorado State team that's able to bomb it from three. Each of your top five scores do shoot at least 36.9% from three-point range. And you've been able to have Isaiah Stevens do a good job of being able to dole out the ball, six half assists, right around 2.1 turnovers per game. But Colorado State also out of your 363 D1 teams in terms of total offensive rebounds per game, they are 363rd. So if they don't put the ball in the basket the first time around, they're not going to be able to do so. And You've got a New Mexico team that does have a pair of guys that do a nice job of being able to hit the glass. As you've got Maurice Uduze along Josiah Alec. Both of these guys have done a terrific job with the combined 16.3 rebounds per game. You've got Jalen Ellis, Jamal Mashburn Jr., who should be able to take over this game and combine 36.4 points per contest. They both shoot over 80% the free line. They both shoot over 37% from three-point range. And House is in the top 15 in the country in terms of steals per game with 2.6, 4.7 assists per contest. KJ Jenkins, he's now shooting 47% from three-point range. And New Mexico, since they had that really bad loss that they took on their own floor to Wyoming, it seems to have woken them up. They were dealing with that injury to House. He has come back, and he has been absolutely terrific for the team. And I think that they're going to be able to keep it going. I don't think that they blow out Colorado State by 19 points like they did the first time around, but I think that defense is going to be scarce in this game. You do have a Colorado State team as not looking to play too up-tempo as Colorado State in terms of total possessions per game. They are outside the top 225 with this regard. As a matter of fact, they're 276th, but New Mexico, they look to push tempo. 31st in the country in terms of total possessions per game. New Mexico relatively got their tempo first time around. I do think that they're going to be able to do so once again. I did set New Mexico as a favorite of more around four points, so I'm going to be willing to lay this number, and with regards to the total, I'm going to be taking it over. I set my total more around a 154 as let me now go out to the SOCON tournament. This is going to be played out in the great state of North Carolina, Asheville, to be exact. And let's take a look at this game as the number is going upward on Chattanooga. And I don't necessarily know why. 881, 882 on the board. The Mucks of Chattanooga are playing against VMI. VMI opened up as an 11-point underdog. Now they're a 13-point underdog with your total between 148 and 148.5. And if you're hoping to see a good expose of defense, you're going to be let down in this one. VMI is currently 362nd in the country in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. And for Chattanooga, they're a little bit better in terms of their defense, but they are 291st in the country in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. Chattanooga does have one thing going for them. It is the fact that they're giving up 1.3 points fewer per one hour possessions when they're away from home, but they come in in really bad form with their defense getting bludgeoned for 75 plus points each other last three games. VMI showed sparkles of playing some semblance of defense in mid-January and then in February they got completely pounded as well. So that's not too terrific on that front, but 
I do take a look at VMI, and I do think that this summer is a little bit too lofty. I do recognize that the last time these two teams played, Chattanooga was able to win that game by 15+, plus. but we've got a Chattanooga team that, with Jake Stevens currently deal with an injury, and unless you, you hear otherwise, assume him to be out, because he's a 7-footer that has been dealing with an injury to his hand slash his fingers, so he has been out of the fold for nearly a month now. A true 7-footer that's able to give you 20 points, 10 rebounds, just over 40% from 3-point range. That's an issue, and even if he does play, you've got to figure that he's going to be less than 100%. Meanwhile, you've got a VMI team that they play as a good, cohesive unit, as you've got a trio of guys in Tony Felder, Ricky Bradley, and Asher Woods who have been able to combine for about 8.5 assists per game. Felder and Bradley are more ancillary scorers, combining for 19.5 points per game, and Bradley is able to shoot 39.5% per three. Asher Woods is combined with Sean Conway for about 26.5 points per game. Both of these guys do a solid job on the glass. And as a matter of fact, for this VMI team, you've got five separate guys that do give you at least 4.6 rebounds per game. Headlined by Tashad Jackson, who's been able to do a good job. Six boards, shoots 38.5% from three-point range. has been able to come on strong towards back half of the season for this team. The biggest thing for VMI is that they really don't have a lot of size, which is why Jackson Stevens being out of the fold is even bigger because among your 363 D1 teams, VMI in terms of blocks per game, yeah, they're 363rd in the country. So less than terrific there. Meanwhile, you've got a Chattanooga team that they've been looking to Casey Hankton quite a bit down low. He's been able to give the team right around about three and a half rebounds per game. But the guy that's having to do it all right now with Stevens being out of the fold, that'd be Jamal Johnson. 13.7 points, 4.2 boards, comes in from the SEC, and he's able to bury about 39% of his threes in. This is a legitimately really good three-point shooting team for Chattanooga. Even with Stevens out of the fold among your top four scorers, three of them do shoot at least 39% from three. Jamal Walker is able to give you right around five and a half points per game. He's come on as a good sharp shooter, but it's a Chattanooga team that didn't really have a lot of depth to start out with. Now they've really been up against it with the Jackson Stevens injury. I do think that this is a number that's a little bit overinflated. Now you could see something later on in the day that shows that Stevens might be back in this game, but even with that, you've got to be questioning how close to 100% he is going to be, and I do think that it really does affect this Chattanooga team, because he was one of their primary scorers. Chattanooga has not been playing at a fast pace all season long. They're right around 185th in the country in terms of total possessions per game. It's a VMI team that they also don't necessarily run at necessarily a terrific tempo as well. Now, VMI, they do turn the ball over 13 times for contest, so that's also less than savory, but 253rd in the country in terms of total possessions per game. Good news for VMI. We got a Chattanooga team that has not been able to generate a lot of turnovers as they are in the bottom 50 in all of college basketball in terms of turnovers per game. So I do think that keeping those clean possessions is going to be able to keep VMI in this game. And I just don't think you get enough possessions in this game for an over, especially with it now being played out there on a neutral court out in Asheville, North Carolina. It did set my total at 145.5 diving under. I'm with Chattanooga. Made them an 11.5 point favorite, so I'm going to be willing to take the 13. How about if we take a look at the team with the top cover rate in all of college basketball? It might not be who you're expecting. It's Utah Valley, and the money is coming in on them. 859-860 on the betting board. Utah Valley plays those two stone-cold Steve Duff Austin, and Steve Duff Austin opened up an underdog of 7 points. Now they're an underdog of 8 points. Total saying we're between 142 and 142.5. Utah Valley has been a tremendous team all season long with their defense. They are a team that they look to play the 40 minutes of HE double hockey six style as they are right around 45th in the country in terms of total possessions per game. 
yet they are in the top 40 in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. I do think that this is a little bit of a tough matchup for them. I'm going to be able to take the points with Sivita Fossen. The one thing that you know that you're going to get with Sivita Fossen, this team is going to do a tremendous job of being able to force turnovers. They are overall about 85th in the country in terms of in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis, but Sivita Fossen, they generate a turnover on 23.6% of possessions, but that actually goes up when they're away from home to 24.7%. Only Merrimack does a better job in a roadside shooter court environment of generating turnovers on a per possession basis. Sivita Fossen, they have a tough time taking care of the ball themselves. They're in the bottom 20 in terms of turnovers on a per possession basis, but they're also a top 20 team in terms of three-point shooting percentage. Going up against the Utah Valley team that they only shoot about 33.3% from three. Now where Utah Valley is going to have the advantage is down low. Aziz Bendogo has come in from Akron. 11.5 points, 10.5 boards, nearly three blocks per contest. He's been terrific. And then you've got the backcourt trio in Latre Dothar, Justin Harmon, Trey Woodbury. These guys have been able to combine for about 38.7 points per contest. You've got Woodbury burying it right around 36.5% of his threes. Dothard has been able to shoot 90% in the free throw line, but it is a little bit of a top-heavy team. You haven't been able to get a lot outside of really Taj Small off the bench. Steven Austin, they do a better job of being able to have a lot of guys that contribute. AJ, could you say? has been able to do a nice job doling it out. Roddy Ware is able to shoot it well from three-point range. I do think that Sivita Fossen, with their unique style, it is going to be throwing Utah Valley for a loop. I'm going to be willing to take the points with Sivita Fossen. I do think that things get cranked up tempo as well. I do think that defense serves an offense for Sivita Fossen. Semi-total 146. It's also looking at the over, and the college basketball chatter continues next. As we've got Kobe Dange, who does great work at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, joining me to talk about the Friday card on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. 
The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for a betting edge on the NHL, NBA, or college basketball, the VSIN experts have got you covered. VSIN Pro subscribers have an introductory offer of just $9.99 to become one, and VSIN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VSIN shows and guests. Tools like our betting splits, deep dive betting reports, VEASAN betting guides on all the biggest games of the season where our experts break down brackets, best bets, and daily props. Do not miss out on this limited time offer. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe today and sign up for just $9.99. That's at VSIN.com slash subscribe. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. It is great to be joined by this fan, Kobe Dant. Feels like we had him on not too long ago on this show. Oh, wait a second. It is because he was talking some XFL with us in the last hour. Now he's on to talk some college basketball. He is the host of the college experience over there at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And for those of you XFL fans, host your XFL podcast as well. And Kobe, always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. I guess the diehard reference got, you know, you said we got to get him back. Appreciate We're back that. in, baby. <laughs> Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you, my friend, and always willing to go back in on a tremendous guest. And Kobe, before we dive into these games for Friday, what we're going to be noticing this weekend is really two things. Conference tournament games, along with also senior days for a lot of these teams. Do you make anything out of either of these betting angles? Because with regards to conference tournaments, it's obviously in regards to the smaller conferences. These team season being on the line, I do think that it lends a little bit more value to underdogs just because, well, it doesn't matter if you're insert your SOCON school here, whether you win by one point or 500 points, it's just about being able to get to the next round. And then for senior day, I just don't know if I can make anything out of it because everyone responds to that very differently. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, senior day, if you can find the scenario where, you know, like I, I was lucky enough that I was on Minnesota and I, not only with the points, but with the money line. And I got very, very nice, but my angle was my angle was I, the Minnesota fans show up normally to support their team. It's a senior night. Their season hasn't gone well. And uh, you know, I, but I do believe there is an edge to that, you know, especially if you got teams that have already clinched their, 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 their championship or their seating, then I really believe there is an edge to taking a, you know, a, a potential dog on senior night or something like that. When it comes to senior night as well, I always think that it's so fascinating because 
lot of the teams that they need the win typically are in a little bit of a letdown spot. Whereas you just mentioned it with Minnesota team, which their season's lost. Let's call it what it is. They need to win all those games of the Big Ten tournament. They are not going to be able to do so. I am sorry, those of you out there in the fine state of Minnesota, but you are not going to be seeing your team in March. But that said, you know what? This was able to be a nice little rubber stamp for them. Be able to be a nice way to send them out against a Rutgers team that has went straight down the toilet bowl ever since Muat Mog went down with an injury. So that has been interesting, but... Kobe, let's dive into some of this action as we've actually got some DraftKings numbers with regards to some of these conference tournament games, some of the ones that just got set. And the one that really stands out to me, Pacific versus San Francisco. This game literally went final for Pacific about 45 or so minutes ago. I'm seeing a DraftKings opener of San Francisco being a seven-point favorite and a total of 155 and a half. I'm not sure about you, but this feels like a really low line. I recognize that San Francisco has not been the world's greatest team on defense. They turned the ball over a little bit too much, but I need much more than seven points to be able to take a shot on a Pacific team that doesn't have a single guy that averages more than four rebounds per game. Oh yeah. And, and uh, you know, you talked about bad defense. Well, you got to talk about the Pacific. Uh, <laughs> it's been awful all year long. <laughs> So I don't know. I, that's a little lower than I kind of thought as well. San Francisco's got the high-powered offense. Um, I actually think San Francisco's a better team than their record. I believe that they're a better team, and I, I, I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if they scored an upset or two. But you know, well, this, they're favorites in this matchup. But uh, I, I love the Dons in this scenario here. They're just a better offensive team, and they're just a better rounded team. They're better defensively. You look at the way that they take care of the rock. They're better at taking care of the rock. Uh, the, the one thing what Pacific would have the edge in was what the three point line. That's not that big of a deal for me. I think San Francisco gets it done. I'll lay the points. Yep. I'm right there with you. If we can just get this number widely available, because I unfortunately cannot draft bet on DraftKings here out there here in lovely Las Vegas. So hopefully this is the opener out here in Las Vegas. I will very, very gladly take that. And then this is one that I think is interesting as well, because typically the team that played the day before you're typically going to be finding them as the underdog, but UT Martin is a favorite against Tennessee Tech, and I think that this is very correct. As a matter of fact, I felt like this line should have been a little bit bigger on UT Martin. They're a one and a half point favorite with a total of 153 and a half. This is going to be out there in the Ford Center, but once again, with Tennessee Tech, not a lot of rebounding. You've got a UT Martin team that they look to run it and gun it, but I feel like they've got the best player out there on the floor and Parker Stewart. I do think that UT Martin is very worthy of being a very slight favorite like they are right now. And I'd be willing to lay the point and a half that I'm seeing currently at DraftKings. Uh, are you at all concerned that UT Martin, you know, they just played SIU Edwardsville and there was a fight in that game. And I think there might be some suspensions for tomorrow's action. That is a little bit of a concern, but I would need to see it to believe it because typically we notice that the commissioners let things slide a lot more with regards to the conference tournaments. If this were a regular season game, they might be batting down the hatches and they might be knocking on some doors being like, Hey, you're going to be missing the next game. Uh, that's the one thing that causes that, that just makes me hesitate for a little bit. So I guess knowing that, and, and you, you bring up a good point. Maybe they just say, Hey, next, you guys are boys okay. will be boys. Yes. Yes. But I, I'll tell you, Tennessee Tech's played better down the stretch to me. And I, I can see a lot the logic in taking them. And I think if I'm forced to make a pick here, even though I, I do not think I'll probably be wagering on this one, I think I do lean Tennessee Tech down the stretch. They've won uh, two straight games, six of their last 10. And I feel like they've had momentum on their side. And knowing that there's potential 
maybe suspensions on the other side of it. Give me uh, Tennessee Tech to pull the upset. How about if we go with a flip of favorites, Kobe? Because there are some times where I agree with line movement, sometimes I disagree with it. And hey, sometimes I'm just wrong with regards to questioning the line movement, but I don't get this one. Nebraska Omaha opened up as a one point underdog against UMKC, and now they're the favorite. UMKC has been terrible down the stretch, but. Nebraska Omaha is legitimately a bottom 10 team in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. They have no rebounding whatsoever. They really don't have a lot of shooting. They don't take the ball away at all. Going up against a UMKC team that they actually try to play defense, which out there in the Summit League, that's a novel concept to those teams. I'm not sure about you, but it's very curious to find UMKC now as an underdog because I felt like they were rightfully a short favorite to start with. You know, I just was talking to my buddy that I host the college basketball experience with, and this line made no sense to us. They've won one game since January 12th. Omaha has. How are they favored? I do not understand how they come to that. I got to take UMKC, but I can tell you this the fact that they're setting the line light at this, it confuses me uh, because I, I was kind of looking to jump on UMKC thinking they'd be a four point favorite, four and a half point favorite, three and a half point favorite, something like that. I'm perplexed at the line. I'll still take UMKC, but they must know something that I don't know. Yeah, it's very interesting because I set my line at three as well. It's not like I feel like UMKC should be this like 20 point favorite or anything like that, but I'm just like, yeah, you know what? I think they could win this game by a possession. They're in poor form, but they've got Requandus Mitchell is able to throw the ball in the basket. They've got some rebounding, which Omaha, they have no semblance of rebounding whatsoever. So that is one that I found to be very, very interesting to say the least. And let's call it what it is. We've taken a look at some of the lesser conference tournament games. This one, I think, is a much better conference tournament. And this is going to be one of the better games that we do see on Friday. Indiana State and Belmont. Belmont is a two and a half point underdog to an Indiana State team that we saw come out and just completely pound Evansville into oblivion with this Indiana State team. What I like about this bunch is that they really don't settle for a lot of threes. This is an environment at the Enterprise Center that is uh, very infamous for not being very shooter friendly. And I do think that with Belmont being a team that completely relies on the three, it's a bad matchup in this venue. And I'm willing to back Indiana State as a two and a half point favorite. Oh, man, this is the game of the day, right? I feel like, you know, the last time they played, I believe it was a one point game. This is an early day game, too. <sighs> Uh, you know, I, there is an advantage. I do believe in the fact that Indiana state got, got their game in and looked pretty convincing in that, in that outing. Very. Um, uh, but at the same time, Belmont, I do believe in their pedigree, their culture that they have built in there. I think I lean Belmont. I think I lean Belmont because of the culture. I, I understand the angle that, uh, you know, Indiana state, the much better defensive team. But there's something about Belmont and big games and the culture they've had instilled there really over the past decade. So I'm going to go Bruins to get it done. Uh, but this should be a, a heck of a game here. Oh, I do think that this is also going to be one of the best games. And for Belmont, their first Missouri Valley Conference tournament, they ran rough shot when they were out there in the OVC. But this is going to be their first time playing in Arch Madness. And we're going to talk a little bit more Arch Madness and so much more with Kobe Dant. He does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, taking a look at XFL, taking a look at college basketball. We've got some also conference games that aren't involving conference tournaments to talk about with Kobe next. I'm the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. 
experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VSIN.com to check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and the bets are moving on every single game? Well, the uh, folks over at VSIN.com have got you covered because the betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes. So, you can see all the changes in the action. Find where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match up on the public opinion. You're able to check out not just today's action, but future events as well as VSIN is here year-round to make you a smarter better. So check out today's betting splits for every single game now at VSIN.com. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, and it is great to be joined by Kobe Dant, who is absolutely incredible over there at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He does his show called the college experience also does a great job with their XFL betting podcast as well. And Kobe, let's take a look at a few games that aren't involving conference tournaments. And I know you were talking about being perplexed by this one. And I see an edge on this one as well. New Mexico is hitting the road face off against Colorado state and Colorado state. And we're between a one and a half to a two point underdog. It's actually one up from the opener of one, but I felt like this line should have been closer to four with New Mexico being the favorite. What do you make out of this? Because with Colorado State, very efficient offense. They do a nice job turning and not turning it over. They have no rebounding and no defense to speak of, though. Yeah, I think they chart 300 defensively. I was surprised by the line. I thought it would be more like four and a half, even maybe five. But uh, down at two, two, bit perplexing there. I know both these teams have been fading down the stretch. I mean, I guess. Colorado State's been fading the whole year, but New Mexico has been fading down the stretch just three of their last uh, 10, I believe. Um, that's concerning to me. And the fact the line is so short, uh, for some reason, I just feel like, I feel like Isaiah Stevens, uh, this is a senior night opportunity, I think. I think this is a spot. You have a chance to ruin your rival's chance of, you know, it looks like New Mexico is not going to make the NCAA tournament at this very second. But if New Mexico wins this, and a couple games in in the uh, Mountain West uh, tournament, then perhaps they could get in. I think Colorado State's going to stick it to them. Give me an upset in Fort Collins. Yeah, but I do like this as well. I do think that New Mexico is going to be able to get it done. I also do like the over as well. Last time these two teams played, 88-69. to 69. So I'm right there with you. And this is one that I find to be very fascinating. East Carolina a few days ago took down Tulane and... Now we've got the revenge spot after Tulane lost by double figures. And now they're an 11 to an 11 half point favorite. I do think that the last time around that these two teams played, it was a little bit fluky. You did see East Carolina really dominate every aspect of that game, but it's a Tulane team that doesn't turn the ball over a lot. They do a nice job with the Jalen's Jalen Cook, Jalen Forbes combined for 39 points per game. And less of Javon Smalls coming back for East Carolina, which spoiler, I don't think that he is. I'm willing to take Tulane in this spot in a little bit of a revenge angle. Uh, I like the revenge side of that. I mean, that makes sense, but I mean, I know ECU has been awful on the road here, but I still think it's a pretty big, pretty big swing in the number after the way East Carolina beat them. Uh, Tulane can't really improve their seating, right? I believe I, I read that. Uh, so I, I guess this is just a senior night situation in Tulane though, but uh, Give me ECU and the points to cover. I think I think Michael Schwartz has got this team playing at a better level than than ECU has in a very a very long time. I know they've been awful on the road. I think they're going to lose the game, but I think they can cover this big number. Give me the Pirates in New Orleans. Yes, I do think that this game is going to be so interesting because I do think that we are going to be seeing Tulane 
be able to get their game a little bit more. And we've seen this total get up to a 154 to 154 and a half, which find to be a little bit perplexing. Last time these two teams played, it was more around a 151-ish final. So we're seeing this go upward. I don't know if I necessarily agree with this. This is going to be one of the primetime games that we are going to be finding. Dayton versus St. Louis. St. Louis is a one-point home underdog. Last time these two teams played, Dayton won by a count of 70 to 56. That was in Dayton, though, and St. Louis, they do have the best point guard on the floor, in my opinion, Yuri Collins. He leads all of college basketball in terms of assists per game. Certainly want to be checking in on Francis Okoro. He missed the last game for St. Louis with a illness. He is their top rebounder, but what are you saying on this game? Because I do think that Okoro's status is very, very important for St. Louis. They have no chance of holding up down low, but as long as he plays, I think that this is a nice spot for St. Louis at home where they've been significantly better. Yeah, I, uh, definitely. I, I think, well, and, and this one actually, I think seating is at stake, I believe. Uh, St. Louis just a game back from Dayton as we go down the stretch of the A 10. You know, I think St. Louis is the better team, uh, talent wise, even. I know the recruiting rankings will tell you Dayton. I think St. Louis is a really talented team. The problem is Travis Ford just hasn't been able to capitalize on his talent, in my opinion. Uh, but at home, I feel like they've been pretty solid this year. I think uh, obviously you got to pay attention to the injury report in this game, but I, I I'm with you. Give me the Billikens at home to take care of the Flyers. Yes, I think that this game is going to be one that going to be one of the best ones that we're going to be seeing, and in an Atlantic Ten where I think they're doomed for one bid for the NCAA tournament. I can't see any of these teams get an at-large. This is going to be a very critical game, and this one's interesting as well. I talked about this about 30 or so minutes ago. Utah Valley is all of a sudden the number one team in terms of cover rate in all of college basketball, but I think that this line has gotten a little bit too overinflated. They are a eight-point favorite against a Stephen F. Austin team that does a good job of being able to generate turnovers. Now, Stephen F. Austin, they themselves turn the ball over a little bit too much, but I think that now that we've gotten to eight, especially because the opener was seven, I think we've won a little bit too lofty here. I'm not sure if you're willing to lay the eight with Utah Valley, but this is just a little bit too rich for my blood. I'm with you. I, I, you know, lockstep here because Stephen F. First off, Utah Valley clinched. They clinched, so they're, they're a team that uh, doesn't have anything to lose. They're just like, okay, we could, you know, play the backups. I don't know, but Stephen F. Austin, meanwhile, is still playing for something. They're tied with Southern Utah, who plays uh, at the same time as they they do uh, tomorrow night. I like Stephen F. Austin. They're a top forty defensive team. And I think they can limit uh, the scoring of Utah Valley. They, they might not get the win, but I think they cover the points. Yep, I'm right there with you. I set my line closer to a six, so I'm in agreement. I don't think that Stephen F. Austin should be the favorite by any stretch of the imagination. And I know that you were talking a little bit earlier about having a little piece of the Minnesota money line when it comes to your approach, because I'm someone that I'm a little bit more of an all or nothing better. If I think that a team is going should be a favorite and they're an underdog, I just take the money line. If I think that a team should be a favorite, I just lay the points. I'm not really one for laying like minus 150, minus 160 money lines, what have you. But what is your approach to it? Because I know that there's many people that they'll sort of take like a 75-25 approach. If there is an underdog that they sort of think is going to be relatively live, is that a little bit more of your approach when it comes to some of these games? Yeah, I would say probably uh, something like a 75-25. The Minnesota line, I believe, was what, eight and a half, I yep. think, when I, when I got it. And uh, I just thought, you know, this Rutgers team has looked bad down the stretch. Minnesota senior night, great opportunity for them to catch them. 
and you get it's, it's basically pretty much situational like that. If if you've been able to watch the team kind of underperform, then you can catch them at a spot. Uh, any but but anything lower than that, I I agree with. But like sometimes you get up to a ten point spread. I don't really I don't really mess with the money line unless I really have a feeling like I did with Minnesota. Yeah, Ben. When you find a team that's a 10-point favorite taking the money line with the favorite, that's not really recommended. That's a good way to be going down the tubes relatively fast with your bankroll with how crazy college basketball could be. As a matter of fact, I think it would be a better approach to just take the money line blindly of all those underdogs. I don't think that it would make you money, but you would lose your bankroll less quickly than if you try to take all those favorites. So if you're looking to lose money less quickly, there you go. But that said, I do think that is a good approach to take. And I know that it's sort of a situation of to each their own because everyone's a little bit different about how they play these games. So I do think that it is a fascinating angle to take a look at. And this is one that I'm taking a look at as well. The Toledo Ball State game, because with Toledo, they're now pretty much across the board, a four-point favor with a total of between 158.5 and 159.5. What do you make out of this game? Because Ball State, the last time they played against Toledo, they were able to get it done. Toledo, number one team in the country in terms of points scored on a per-possession basis, playing not a lick of defense whatsoever, but Ball State, a little bit more of a low-tempo team with a good low-post player in Peyton Sparks. Ball State's been a pleasant. I mean, both these teams have been a pleasant surprise, but Ball State specifically, uh, after the way they were the a year ago, really, uh, you know, been, been a great surprise in the MAC. They're twelve and one at home, and I get it. Ball State beat them the first time. Maybe Toledo's, you know, licking their chops to get another piece of them. I got to take Ball State. I think that getting four points at home. I think this is probably going to be a one-two possession game. Ball State's got the way better defense here. I think they can keep them in check, ride the crowd momentum, and there is still seating at at stake here in the MAC. Senior night, let's go, Cardinals! Give me, uh, give me the four points there. I set my line at two. I am taking the four with Ball State as well, and I will always take any segment I can get with you on the show, Kobe, because you do amazing work over there at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Taking a look at college basketball and taking a look at the XFL. Always do appreciate it, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one, man. Appreciate you having me. Kobe Dan does absolutely amazing work. We got him for some XFL. We got him for some college basketball. So that was great. And here in the final segment of the Greg Peterson experience for this Thursday slash very early Friday, I give you guys my DK Nation pick for Friday's college basketball action right here on Visa the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on... 
the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. With UFC 285 this week, head on over to Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook because Bet Rivers has you covered with every line, odd, and boost. Bet the big names on the UFC 285 card with Parlay Insurance. Check out BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app today as it's a whole new game. This is the final segment of the Greg Peterson Experience on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Technically, for the week, we will be back with you. A little bit of a different time slot on Sunday, as that is going to be leading off at 11 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. If you're listening Pacific Time, 8 o'clock. That's just going to be for Sundays and Sundays only, but that's a little bit of a change up, but still the great experience. And two weeks from now, about actually closer to nine days from now, that'll be on Selection Sunday. And in nine days, you'll be getting my bracket live on the show. So that is going to be a lot of fun on that Sunday experience. And you're going to be experiencing coming up next, 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern. Mitch Moss, Paul Howard with Follow the Money. You're going to be getting a replay of the Greg Peterson experience along the way. And if you miss anything from all of our VEASAN content today, VEASAN.com slash picks. We've got you guys covered there. And we've got you guys covered with a little bit of a pro tip as well. VEASAN.com slash subscribe to be able to get these all sorted by show and by sport. And we talked about this in our number one with Ian McMillan. When it comes to taking a look at these golf events, when it comes to the events in which you've got the bigger name guys, like 
your John Roms, who is currently leading the Arnold Palmer. You probably don't want to be taking a look at too many long shots. Meanwhile, when the likes of John Rom, Scotty Scheffler, insert your big names here, when most of those guys are out of the field, that's where you do want to be taking more of your 50 to 1 or greater shots with regards to the futures, because we've been noticing that the top of the odds board have been dominating whenever the likes of John Rom have been in there. So that's your pro tip for the day here on the Greg Peterson Experience. And now let's try to find you guys a winner with regards to the DK Nation pick. We barely got there with Illinois. That was one in which it depended upon your number because if you got in on the close with Michigan and right around four and a half to five, you got there. If you took the opener like I did on Illinois, laying three and a half points, you got there as well. Once again, we'll always mention it. Always try to get the best of the number because you are not betting on teams. You are betting numbers. Every single team has a buy point and a sell point. No matter how terrific a team is, no matter how poopy a team is. So let's dive in on this one. We have seen the number move a little bit, but still like it at the current number. This is 306-607, 306-608. We go to the extra games board, and we go to the earliest game on the card. Charleston Southern is going to be playing against NC Asheville, UNC Asheville, at Bojangles Coliseum. Hopefully they actually sell Bojangles there, Under unlike good old Taco Bell Arena in Boise, Idaho, which... Didn't sell Taco Bellas. You've got UNC Asheville as a nine-point favorite now. They opened up at eight. Totals anywhere between 144.5 and 145.5. And, and if you check my Twitter feed at GNRS41, I've got the full article already posted up because this is a really early game. But that said, I'm laying the points with UNC Asheville. I'm willing to lay, honestly, up to 10 with UNC Asheville. You get north of 10, then you're starting to get a little bit too lofty because with Charleston Southern and UNC Asheville, they've already played twice this year. Asheville won the second time around by 18. They won the first one by 10, which is sort of why 10 is the maximum buy point that I do have on UNC Asheville. But Asheville should be able to just completely dominate this game because they've got a dominant player. His name is Drew Pember. Drew Pember is six foot ten. He's been able to just register ridiculous numbers all season long. 20.4 points, 9.2 rebounds, two and a half assists, 2.3 blocks per game, while as a six foot ten versatile player. Shoots 38.8% from three-point range. He has been absolutely tremendous for a Charleston Southern team that's able to go bombs away from three-point range. They shoot 39.5% from three-point range. That is fourth among all D1 teams. They are 30th in terms of field goal shooting percentage. Now, there is one way in which you're able to get to this UNC Asheville team, and that's by generating turnovers. In terms of turnovers on a per-play basis, UNC Asheville, 330th out of your 363 D1 teams. Problem is, Charleston Southern, they don't force those turnovers. They're 281st in the country in terms of turnovers forced on a per-play basis. And Charleston Southern, they're just really a sad defense. 354th in all of college basketball in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, and they're getting pummeled on the glass. They allow opponents to grab a offensive rebound on 32.9% of misses when they're away from home. That is 334th in all of college basketball. The two times that these two teams have hooked up, Pember has been able to give you 21.5 points, 9 rebounds per game. It's been comfortable wins for UNC Asheville. And then you've got guys like a Trent Stephanie who's able to give you 14.5 points. He shoots a well from three-point range. Fletcher Aby, 8.5 points per game. He's shooting north of 40% for three. And Nicholas McMillan has been able to come on for UNC Asheville as well. A combined 24 rebounds in the last two games. That helps out Drew Pember all the more. And for Charleston Southern, 
You just don't have anyone that's going to be able to match up on the glass. Tajay Kelly has been able to give you right around five and a half rebounds per game. Now, this is a Charleston Southern team that's done a better job themselves of taking care of the ball this year. In past years under Doug Brockamboos, or Barclay Radabaugh, they've been having a little bit of a tough time with turnovers. This year, they've been able to downgrade that to about 11.8 turnovers a game. Part of that is because they are playing at a slower tempo. They're outside the top 225 in terms of total possessions per game. Part of that is because they have Claudel Harris, who's been very good in the backcourt as well. 17 and a half points, a little bit over two assists. shoots 34% from three-point range. And then Tyree Bryan, good skill set, 10 and a half points, five and a half boards. He's been able to shoot right around 41% from three, but the big issue that you've got with this team, no rebounding whatsoever to speak of. I thought that RJ Tuhart coming over from Appalachian State was going to be able to up with that. Not whatsoever, as you pretty much have three separate guys that give you north of 3.8 rebounds per game. I think that Drew Pember is just going to be able to pummel Charleston Southern in this spot. It's an Asheville team that went 16-2 and within the conference. You got Charleston Southern bunch that they were lucky to get out of that high point game alive. They were trailing for 36 of the 40 minutes in that game. Now they have to step up in competition, and I do think that UNC Asheville Going to be able to get them much like they did the first two times around, win this game, and win this game by double figures. So my DK Nation write-up, that is going to be on laying the points with UNC Asheville. And I did set my total a little bit lower. If you're noticing one of those stray 145 and a halfs out there, I'm going to be willing to take a look at the under. I did set my total at 144 and a half. So at 145 and a half, I'm willing to dive in on the under. My write-up here, that is on UNC Asheville. And then we've got a few games out there in the Missouri Valley Conference in which we've got some openers on from DraftKings. So let's dive into this one as we've got 869, 870 on the betting board. And if you're not noticing numbers on some of these Missouri Valley Conference games, they will most likely be up in the AM. Really, DraftKings is the only place I'm seeing that has these numbers up because a lot of these teams, they had to play yesterday in order to get to today. So that's a big reason why you'll notice that. And most of these openers will be up right around when follow the money starts up right around 4 o'clock a.m. Pacific time, 7 o'clock a.m. Eastern time, but Northern Iowa at DraftKings on 869, 870 on the board. They're a 10.5 point underdog with their total 135.5, and I'm going to be willing to take the points with Northern Iowa. They had to survive in advance to be able to get to this spot, but I do think that Northern Iowa being a little bit undervalued, it's a Northern Iowa team that is very top-heavy in that they've got two guys that really do a lot of the damage for this team, Titan Anderson, down low has been able to tighten things up. Eight and a half rebounds. He gives you 14 points to seal and a half per contest. And then Bowen Barn, 17 and a half points. Shoots in the high 30s from three-point range. I do like the way that he's able to be a primary scorer for Northern Iowa. But Michael Duex has been able to give you about nine and a half points, four and a half rebounds per game. Now, the big thing for Bradley is that this team just mauls you on defense. They are 11th in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. But in a road slash shooter court environment, they are giving up about 15.7 points more Per one hour possessions, that is a little bit of an issue. You had a Northern Iowa team that has been rather poor on defense as well. They entered into the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament having allowed 80-plus points in four of their last five games. They were able to buckle down against Illinois State in the game on Thursday. But also keep in mind that this is being played at the Enterprise Center. More like Brick City because that's all that we find. I have no idea how. I have no idea why. But they have designed the perfect venue for defense because nobody, when they step into this environment, is able to shoot ever. I have no idea how. I have no idea why, but good on you if you design the Enterprise Center for just lending betters a bunch of money on unders. But 
That said, with this Bradley team, they're in the bottom one in terms of total possessions per game. So they play relatively slow. Malevi Leon's rink mass are able to give you a combined 14 rebounds per game. Guys with size that they both shoot above 35% from three-point range. I do like their overall game. It's a Bradley team that does a relatively efficient job of being able to move the ball. As you've got Zeke Montgomery is a good three-point shooter for this team. Duke Miles or Duke Dean has been able to give you about 2.9 assists. Does a nice job shooting it from three. Doesn't create a whole bunch of turnovers in Northern Iowa. They've been able to do a relatively solid job of being able to take care of the ball as well. I think that this number is a little bit too lofty. I do think that Bradley, a team that they rely a little bit on the three ball, they're going to be affected a little bit in this spot. Both of these teams who rely upon threes and Bradley, they're a tenacious defense. So I did set my total at 131.5. I'm diving under on the opener of 135.5, and I'm going to be willing to take 10.5 with Northern Iowa. And something that we've always got to be taking a shot on, that would be follow the money and everything that we've got coming up on VSIN. If you're listening live, you're going to get a replay of the Greg Peterson experience. If you're listening to the replay, 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern, follow the money with Mitch Boss and Power comes your way right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— with new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.